and welcome to the Greenville Smart Podcast. I'm Elaine McNamara, the director of Greenville Smart and the executive di- executive director. I got the stutters. I'm nervous about our guest today. Executive director of the Greenville Chamber of Commerce. With us today is, first of all, Breck Nelson, executive director of Greenville Smart. Hello, Elaine. Glad to be here. Thanks for joining us again. And our special guest today is Dr. Ivan Philby, president of Greenville University. Hey, Elaine. It's good to be on air with you. Well, thanks for joining us today. We're very excited. Can you tell? Look, I, I can tell. I, I can tell. There's a, there's a good vibe going on I, in here. I know. I started stuttering. I'm, I'm just trying to, to calm myself down. Deloitte's going to have to, you know... Get a fan on me soon. It's like having a celebrity in in the studio. Well, good. That's good. (laughs) Because you are a celebrity here on campus and in Greenville. And apparently you were on the BBC. What? I used to do book reviews for the BBC. This is brand new information to us. Yeah. So that was one of the careers I was thinking of. But I got an academic career before I got a BBC job. So I went that route. Well, tell us a little bit about where you're from. Sure. And how... Uh, Dr. Ivan Philby came to be Dr. Ivan Philby. Sure. So I grew up, I was a first generation kid. So my dad was an auto mechanic and we were so poor, we couldn't afford a car. So we didn't have a car until I was 20. Uh, And then we didn't have a telephone until I was 21, I think, in our house. So we, we grew up pretty poor in a town called Kings Lynn, which is about eight miles from one of the Queen's palaces called Sandringham. Um, and about 30 miles from Cambridge. But Cambridge was like a million miles away to us then. Uh, And then my brother became an architect. And I, so he was the first one in our family to go to university. I was the second. I wanted to study business and went to business school. Had no idea how to select a university. But it just so happened I picked the top business school in in the United Kingdom at the time. But I had, that was just by chance? Absolutely by chance, because I oh. had absolutely no notion of how you select a university. And then I did, I stayed there to do my PhD. So I had my PhD at the age of 27. Oh. And when I was finishing my PhD, I started to uh, interview for academic jobs and moved to the University of Dublin Trinity College. So that's a top 100 school in the world. So at that time, they're, they're in pandemonium moment. They've dropped to about 120. So they don't know what they're going to oh, wow. do. It's terrible. But it was just a gorgeous school. It's a sister university to Oxford and Cambridge. So in my first year classes, I literally had the sons and daughters of presidents and kings wow. around the world. So it was quite a, it was quite a, an amazing place to yeah. work. And then in 2004, I was on the leadership team of a church in Dublin, Ireland. And my senior pastor asked me to meet a young couple who had graduated from a Christian university in Georgia, I think it was. And I sat down for lunch with them and unexpectedly felt the Holy Spirit say, Ivan, the next part of your life is preparing people just like this. And so we did a web search and kept coming again and again to Greenville, which was a place we have no connection to. We couldn't find it in our map, uh, but it had a tagline that says Greenville College at the time. Greenville College because God has created you for great things. And I felt that was the the way God had designed me. So whether I'm teaching or administering or preaching or just having coffee, I'm always trying to think, what is God calling this person to be? And is there a small way or a big way I can help fulfill that purpose for his or her life? That voice really came to you in a yeah. big way, didn't <clears throat> yeah. it? I, we hear that story a lot. I mean, even uh, ourselves, Breck and myself, um, just a calling to yeah. be here, to like the, the four of us in this room, yeah. it was meant to be talking about Yeah, I mean, if you think of Deloitte's story coming back from California, right. from 
you know, the valley and I mean, these stories, but it happens time and time again with our faculty. So when I look at the the number of international faculty we have or faculty who could be in top universities and yet in one way or another, God has just called them here to do transformation, you know, transformative work in the life of our students and in one another. So that that's good. That's good work. Oh, that is. That's great. I would say for me, that's one of the things I think that's special about Greenville University, maybe the the most special about it. What are some other things that you find about Greenville University that makes it different from other places of higher learning? Oh, I can talk yeah. a lot about it. Oh, sure. So let, let, me, let me talk through stories. So I remember okay. when I first came here, I'd come from a top 100 university where we would had from the States people transfer from Harvard and Yale. And so theoretically, they were brilliant. Sure. So when I came to Greenville, I felt our students, first of all, couldn't always match them in terms of their ability to handle theory. And then I remember when I started to run our music festival, Agape, which we had then, and I sat down with a bunch of students for pizza one night. And halfway through, I thought, this feels like a meeting I'm having with business executives. And what I started to see in Greenville is people who, uh, who could do things. They could apply their learning in very, very creative ways and exciting ways and ways that helped me to learn. And I think that's what we do incredibly well. And I should put that in context when I mean incredibly well. When I worked in Europe, I was uh, rated as an expert in European higher education. So I did evaluative work for the European Commission. I worked on EU-US um, partnerships. And then when I headed up all of our international programs at the University of Dublin, I traveled all over the world with embassies and presidential jets and all sorts of things on education reform. So it's in the context of having worked with probably a couple of hundred universities in different capacities that I really do think Greenville University is unique and very, very special. Yeah, that's It truly is. And to hear that from you, I mean, you have traveled the world you've seen so much and you've talked to so many different yeah. people of all walks of life and so you really do you have a good point of reference yeah so it's not it's just an end of one it's no. an end of a couple of hundred plus exactly. knowledge of higher education for 30 some years now so yeah it's exactly. th and so that's what makes i think greenville smart so exciting so i see that as a culmination of so many things that have been bubbling away inside my spirit for years and years and years so how do you how do you capture that creativity but in a much more codified way so you can have programmatic ways that you can bring student and entrepreneurs and the community together to do good things so that everyone wins and that excites me yes i think it's very exciting and and well so you've been of course there from the the, the beginning when the idea yeah. came about <clears throat> And for you, how did you first learn about the idea of Greenville Smarter? How did you first get involved? Or what was I, the genesis of it all? Yeah, the, I, am, <clears throat> I would. So the genesis came through uh, when I first came to Greenville, I was handed a book about Bob Briner called Roaring Lambs. And I read it. And having come from Europe, it made no sense to me because I didn't know any of the artists. I didn't know any of the teams they were talking about. I mean, none of those had really, other than Michael W. Smith, had we ever heard of in Ireland. So I didn't know how to situate this book. So I left it really for years. And one year, I've been in the States nearly 15 years. And one year, I was dean of a business school in uh, San Diego. 
And during that time, the one of the San Diego papers wanted to con they contacted me. Said, this is so interesting. A business school dean who's a Christian. That's got to be a story. <laughs> and so they came to interview him, and then they actually put a, an article about that kind of faith learning integration in the way that I think about business on the front cover of one of the uh, one of the papers. And one of the vice presidents of the San Diego Padres called me up and said, "Hey, I read this article. I'm a Christian. I'd love to get together for for lunch with you." So I met him for lunch. And he said, Greenville, have you ever heard of Bob Briner? And I said, well, yeah, I know of his book. And this guy started to quote pages. I'm thinking, wow, like I can remember the title, but you have memorized pages. He said, this has been the most influential book in my professional career. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I went up to Los Angeles and I was working with a movie director. So he did all of the marketing for the Narnia movies. He did the soundtrack for The Passion of the Christ. He's done quite extensive work. And I was talking with him and he said, oh, do you know Bob Bryan? I said, well, he's passed now, but I know him. He said, Bob Bryan gave me my publishing deal. Uh, one day he just called me up and said, I mean, I was keen with your work. Anyway, I can help you. And he said, I've never heard of this guy. And I said, well, I'm trying to get my first book published. And he said, leave it to me. And within a couple of weeks that he had, Brian Red found a publisher and got his book published. And he always remembers the influence of Bob Briner. And so that, that notion of it's time for Christians to confidently carry their faith into the marketplace so that the very culture feels a difference. That is what I was trying to do with Greenville Smart. And my leadership style is, you know, I try and, you know, I'm a futurist, so I try and see this is where I want to go. And then other people have to fill that fill that in. And so Suzanne Davis, in this case, when I asked her to help to develop the Briner School of Business, she then started to think about how to do something in a very programmatic, systematic, exciting way that could bring the Greenville community and Greenville University together that would be good for our students, that would be good for our businesses, and it would be good for job creation in the area. So Suzanne really started to flesh that out. And then it's been fleshed out even more by you guys. And so the baton has been passed on and you getting to the detail coloring <laughs> in and the detail penciling work. and. That's exciting. It is exciting. And there's no turning back now. Now you've done it. We're here. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I got us. to walk around quite recently. And you're yes. starting to see how it is coming, how it is coming together. You start to visualize how that space might be used. And yeah, that's really exciting for me. And, and it is our hope. We're excited, very, of course, naturally. Um, we're excited not just about the, the center itself, but how that will affect the university and the community. Yeah. And um, I don't know, what, what, what are some visions that you have for this community and for the college yeah. as a result? Well, I, th I think, so while we have a physical space in the building, the that Greenville Smart Experience is so much larger than that. So it's a network of companies who are already expressing interest in helping to sponsor. They are interested in it because companies want students who have character and grit and show up on time and and come prepared and can work in groups and don't drop out and so they see us as a pipeline to help to create that type of talent force for the 21st century organization uh, but I, I see it as a way that we really can help create jobs in this area and not just low-paying jobs I mean Greenville is a place because of the high-tech capacity we have we can create really really good jobs here in a safe environment a high quality living environment and 
we don't have the traffic of Los Angeles or right. Chicago or New York or, or Washington DC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it, the world has turned right. into a place you don't have to move to the city to yeah. have a a well-paying job. You can you can check in from yeah. wherever. I mean, it is interesting. I, I have uh, guests from Hong Kong coming fairly yeah. regularly. And, you know, we often think of Greenville University as quite small, but they can't believe how much green space they're in because Hong Kong is such a concrete right. jungle in so many different ways. And they see this space where students have space to learn and to think. And, you know, it's it's a jewel in lots of different ways. We are rich in that. We are. Natural yeah. resources and yeah. the beauty and the space and... And that does make a difference. People can go crazy when they're piled on top of each other. Yeah. And we have that luxury of yeah. having these wide open spaces. Um, so speaking of spaces, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Smart Center. I just wanted to tease this because I know that you have a, um, a liking for a TV show. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, okay, okay. I know where this is going. There's word. <laughs> I'm not going to confirm it because it's not, it's not done yet. All right. If only I knew two people who were involved in Greenville Smart who could <laughs> just just put a little bit of pressure I don't on. No, but there may be a magical TARDIS in the building. Yeah, that's, that's great. At least it will appear to be. Would that be great if we could travel to other dimensions, though, Brack? Only one disclaimer: Do you know how hard those are to build? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I say there may be. Yeah. I'm not. I am not guaranteeing it. We're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Jake Amundsen built me a TARDIS for my inauguration. So when I was walking in to be for my inauguration, the TARDIS was there playing the Doctor Who theme music. Yes. I would say I'm the only president in the world where that has actually happened. I would bet money on yeah, that. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that was woman. fun. That was a lot of fun. Well, we do plan to, you know, talk to him maybe about Good. pitching in on that. But, Good. Um, but it's a thought. It's a thought. You know, um, I, have, I have a question for you. Um, as you've traveled the world mm -hmm. and all your experiences, and I've heard how God has called you to Greenville, I've always been fascinated when I've seen you on campus interacting with the students. Um, and to me, I, I think that's a very high calling. Um, mm -hmm. But could you just share a, a moment or a memory where, through God's call, that maybe you felt the most fulfilled on campus um, in your experiences that you've had? That's a great question. Oh, this number so I can th I can think about some transformative moments for me so I remember one time for example it wasn't me impacting a student it was a student impacting me it was I think it was probably about 2006 I had seriously hurt my back and I was just struggling to what I needed surgery and I remember walking across Scott Field or just around the side of, and this student just came up and said Dr. Fieldby I was a faculty member in business and he said Dr. Fieldby can I pray for you Aww. and he got on his knees and just prayed for my mm -hmm back and my legs and my feet and that was really really meaningful to that me I mean very very cool. different ways and then in then when I when I'm meeting students I'm just energized by them I mean in my heart of hearts I'm a faculty member I love being in the classroom because you're seeing the same num the same students day in day out you get to know them you get to know their dreams in a way that you don't as president and so those moments of interaction are life-giving for me and you're great with it you can see the students um have a such an appreciation for you uh, the, uh my first memory of you uh, and uh, as a you know working with greenville university i had been asked to go to the presentations for experience first uh, it was fall semester last year all right and we were in the black room and 
you got up and were like conga lining with the students. All right, with the new haircuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was I the thought, buzziest cut I'd had for yes, a long while. That was so much fun. I thought, well, he's great. And, and, and every time I see you, there's that kind of energy. And in fact, before um, earlier today, I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to Google Dr. Philby. And just see if I can find, you know, everything's right. pretty oh, much out goodness, there. Oh, my goodness, yeah. But there were reviews of you as a teacher. And they were all, they're fun, you know. They were all great. Everybody appreciated it. One, one of them said, you know, his I love his wife, but he's got this funny accent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I thought, did his wife write this? I don't yeah. know. But, uh, yeah, very positive influence on the students. And um, I, I could, the first time that I was aware of, of you, I mean, seeing you talk and 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 hearing you talk, uh, it was shortly before. I think it was before my interview here, mm-hmm. and I happened to turn on the morning news, and you were on, and it was All almost right. like a sign. Uh, for, I was like, was this a St. Louis news? It was a or? St. Louis, oh, yeah. and you yeah, were talking yeah. about how Greenville uh, had, was the fifth safest campus, yeah, in the country. And uh, it but was we're just, fourth now. We're back up to fourth. Well, yeah, thank I mean, goodness. Yeah, I know. We were. We, we. <laughs> It's probably because Deloitte's not. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Causing trouble anymore. Um, But, you know, it was just such a... I hadn't received that memo that he was not causing trouble. All right. He's settled down a little bit. Has he? Okay. All right. All right. (laughs) He's just got to get his feistiness back up for the semester. But, no, it was just, it was, you know, like you talk about how the Roaring Lambs kept coming back to you. Well, you were kind of like that for me in a way. When I say it was like, it was my sign that I think I'm on the right. I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. I just happened to turn it on, and there you were talking about that. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, so I enjoy that type yeah, of work. Sure. I mean, that's, that's part of the way God has designed yeah. me, I think. So, yeah, so I do enjoy it. And, it, you know, part of my job, the great part of my job, I just get to meet such interesting people, whether it's students I've never got to meet, faculty or alumni to hear some of their stories right across the nation or internationally. So that makes it a really interesting Really, really interesting job. Would you say that's your favorite thing about being here is just meeting people? Yeah, I mean, well, that's, yeah. that's an incredible part of, mm-hmm. you know, it's an important part of the president's role. So they talk about a president's role as being a mile wide but an inch deep. <laughs> so you have to know lots, a little about lots of things, but then you sure. have to trust other people to know lots about those things. And you have to get on with what only a uniquely a president sure. do, which is often fundraising. It's, so it's, it's getting the vision and resourcing the vision. That's really what And you, you do have a lot do. of traveling to do yeah, that, spreading the word. Yeah, it's extensive. Yeah, it's extensive as you're trying to meet with people who can help to fund that mission, particularly as we're moving towards uh, thinking about a comprehensive campaign. So, but that's yeah. fun. Yeah, that's You know, fun I mean, part. people give to vision and mission and passion. They want to know why their gift matters right. and what their gift will uniquely do at your institution. And I'm, I enjoy telling that story. Yeah, it's fantastic. We, we love hearing about that. And Breck and I have found, I know several of the people that we've met, whether they're uh, board of trustees or uh, Briner board or just uh, other individuals who have somehow gotten involved with the university, whether they, I, I talked to, to uh, I believe it was Don Wolf. Oh, yeah. I spoke with him um, when they were in town last, and he loves this university so much that he donates, and he said that, and I asked him, I asked him, why, why is it that you donate? He said, going to Greenville changed my life yeah. in so many ways and, and made me what I am today. He yeah. met his wife here. He went to school here. Yeah. And, it, you know, by all accounts, a huge success in life and in family. And so that was a wonderful story. And then, uh, you know, I talked to Bronwyn Martin 
And she never went to school here. Yeah. She's not from here. But through her father's associations, she has a tie here now. Yeah. And yeah. it's just a love. And now she's an experienced first partner with us. And uh, it's it's just amazing. It's the calling of everyone to this place. I think that makes it exciting. I mean, for me, it's particularly fun when people who have no connection with I, Greenville. Like I, I had no connection no, with Greenville. Exactly. But the Lord does work that connects you here and you think, wow, we can do remarkable things here that I think is harder to do at, at larger institutions or slower institutions. So one of the things I do like about Greenville is for higher education, it does move very, very quickly. And I, th I think that makes it an exciting place to be. I think so, too. Ivan, could you, with all the challenges that are facing business and academia right now, could you share maybe some of the opportunities that we as Green, Greenville University and as unique as we are, what are the opportunities that we have right now? Yeah, so I think a lot of that is having consistent messaging, to be really honest. And so I'm always thinking, what does the world need? What, how can we uniquely contribute to that and so the, the central part is what we've always tried to do to produce students of character and service but we've not always done that in a very codified way so we've always said we're offering an education of character or an education of service but we've not always consistently defined what that means what does it look like if a student graduates from Greenville College or now Greenville University will they have consistent traits that someone can say you know if I, if I bought a Coca-Cola I know what I'm going to get if I've hired a Greenville University graduate I know what I'm going to get and that's I think a huge opportunity for us one of the things I like about Greenville University graduates even though we want that those core characteristics of character and service our students are not cookie cutter students no. they come in different shapes and sizes with different uh, dispositions and are so interesting and you can see how one might just be an incredible teacher or some might be a great business entrepreneur some might be great in the creative space but there's, there's this common theme of character and service and so I think that's really really important to us and I think I think the other thing is we've always been about changing the world we always have. Our students have gone from the early days to, I don't know how many people were involved in overseas uh, mission opportunities to today going into all sorts of areas of service or serving locally in the Simple Room or in Connect Four in East St. Louis or all the different ways our students serve. So what I notice in Gen Z students is they want to change the world. This is a generation that wants to see change. And I think this is a place that can help them to fulfill their calling and that excites me and i think as we hope as we hone in on those ideas i think that's great and then the whole idea of a very applied liberal arts so not just learning for learning's sake and there's some value in that but how do you take a rich liberal arts and professional studies curricula to solve the big problems of today and whether they're the problems that you face in local industry or some of the bigger problems that we face in in climate change for example and the way that our students are trying to address you know big issues and small issues but from this rich tapestry of a liberal arts background that's exciting that is exciting and there's a passion with the students here that that you see when it comes to the things like yeah. that making change yeah it gives me great hope as a president yeah. that we have a generation who say we we want the world to be different and it doesn't have to be just as it always has been that's that's Right. It's very enlivening. And that's, you know, you're letting them know that. Yeah. You and the other, and the faculty. And 
and the you know peripheral people like us hopefully yeah. we're letting them yeah. know that i don't know um but hopefully greenville smart will help well with let's that let's just, just correct you not peripheral people core <laughs> people because yeah. the the greenville smart initiatives is so core to what we want to do the way that we envisage how liberal yeah. arts can be done really really well in exciting ways that connect students to their dreams and to their future and to different types of organizations with whom they they might work right. whether that's for profit or not for profit i mean that's really exciting yeah it's very exciting and then breck is also teaching this semester yeah. as well so that's exciting yeah. getting involved and uh and what yeah, are you teaching uh freshman class the univ 101 an intro good to, to higher ed for good. them and, and really enjoying it good a lot of interaction yeah. And, and, yeah, and then I'm excited to be involved in Experience First again this semester. So, yeah, I guess, okay, we're not so peripheral. We're, there you go. Right there. That's hard for me to say, too, peripheral. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> especially I don't have the great accent to say it with. So, yeah. uh, but we've really enjoyed you sitting in with us today. Thanks so much. Um, and we hope you'll come back. Because, Happily. Yeah, next time we'll have, a, you know, maybe a little bit more about you or maybe a special event coming up or maybe we're trying to make it a little bit more fun. We're still getting our feet wet in this whole podcast thing. That's all right. <laughs> I look forward to it. Well, thank you. Uh, so thanks for being here today. Dr. Ivan Philby was our special guest. Breck Nelson, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Deloy Cole, our producer, thank you for being here. I failed to, to thank Deloy last time. And I've been sick about it ever since. <laughs> and thank you for listening today. And we hope you'll join us again for our next Greenville Smart Podcast. It's brought to you today by Greenville University and the Greenville Chamber of Commerce. Thank you and have a great day.